Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Doink and Doink Connection, the podcast where David and I talk all things professional wrestling. Wrestling. Welcome to the first episode of 2021. We had to start the year off right by giving our top of everything in 2020 for professional wrestling. Um, it was definitely a weird year with the empty arena era. Yes. Um, but there were some definite, definite high points this year in professional wrestling. Yes, several, several high points. I mean, there was some exceptional wrestling. There were things that they were able to do um, as promotions, every promotion, without yeah. having the crowds there. Like, we wouldn't have gotten certain matches the way we did exactly. um, had there been crowds. And in some cases, it made things that much better. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely there were some some pushes wouldn't have worked in front of a crowd, in my opinion. And yes. some, some storylines wouldn't have worked in front of a crowd. Um, some would have probably worked better in front of crowds, but it is what it is. You're going to get the highs with the lows. Correct. But we're going to be talking about our, we have 11 categories of the best of 2020. Yes, all positives here. We're going to enter 2021 <clears throat> all positive. Yes. So, we're going to start off with the breakout star of the year. My breakout of the year is Shotzi Blackheart. That is a good choice. She's had a very strong 2020. She has had an incredible year um, from hosting Halloween Havoc, uh, being in multiple title opportunities, leading into the War Games team, be it they lost, but she still led them into battle. Yep. And... What has never fallen from relevancy this year? No, no, she's been at the top um, of that picture since they kind of put her in that. I believe it all started with that um, number one contendership battle royal. Is yes. kind of like where it really started for her. Yeah, when her and Candace were the last two. Yes, and ever since then they've just—I I wouldn't say a rocket. I think they kind of just let yeah. her be her and yeah. be that wild persona. They haven't forced a character flourish. upon her. Yes, she, they, she's just been Shotzi is who she's yeah. been, which is awesome. She's been so good this year. Who's your breakout of the year? Jay Uso. I will. I okay. I will give you a an A plus with that because I completely agree. Um, I thought when Jimmy got hurt, God, it was early this year, right? Yeah, he got hurt very early this year. Um, I thought, oh crap, we're gonna have to wait for Jimmy to be healthy, then the Usos will be back. I never would have thought that Jay Uso would become this prominent figure in the upper card of SmackDown. Jay Uso became my breakout star of the year with one pro- with one promo. And it was a promo he cut right before his match with Roman Reigns where the he first talked one. about how yeah, about how you don't know which one he is. Mm-hmm. That promo hit so hard. Yeah, it did. Because you could tell that's his true feelings behind being in the tag team. He loves mm-hmm. being in a tag team with his brother. But, I mean, realistically, which brother is he? And he has definitely separated himself as a singles competitor um, with Jimmy being out of action. And obviously, at the beginning of the year, there was the other stuff that was going on um, with the Usos. That kept him off TV. Yeah. But, I mean, Jay has returned. 
he is sitting right now in the top of the cod with names like Roman Reigns, Kevin Owens, Daniel Bryan. Yeah. I could not have foreseen that at the end of 2019, Mm-mm. that was where Jay Uso was going to be sitting in December of 2020. If, if Jimmy goodness. never got hurt, I could have seen Jay and Jimmy being tag champs at the end of 2020. Could yeah, I have seen him almost being world champ, universal champ? No way. No, and that's the thing is we've seen the Usos be tag champs. We've never seen them in a like singles, singles title main feud for any singles title. We're not just Mm-mm. talking about the top title. We're talking we about... We haven't seen them in mid-card either. Yep, this was a straight rocket strapped to Jay, and I'll tell you something right now, huge round of applause for the way that this was all handled. It was perfect. The stories were perfect. I just, I was enamored the whole time by everything happening with Jay. You know, another one that could be another possible breakout, um, but it didn't happen till late this year, um, so I wouldn't give it to him, but it's a very similar situation. That's Kyle O'Reilly. Yes, because. Kyle he finally separated himself always, from being a tag team. Exactly. He had always been stuck with Bobby Fish. Not like it's stuck. They're one of the best tag teams in the entire world, Redragon is. Yeah. But he had always had that stigma of he's a tag champ guy. But yeah. he's going to be competing in five days for the NXT championship for the second time in three months. Yeah. And the thing is, is like every time in the past when um Fish has gotten hurt, and that's the one thing about Bobby Fish is every time he gets hurt, he kind of just holds back O'Reilly just a little bit. And Triple H had said in an interview that you know there was the idea to push O'Reilly. Um, with Fish getting hurt this year again, they just did it a little bit sooner. Mm-hmm. And man, they they caught fire. I'll tell you something right now. Um, we're gonna be talking about match of the year. I will spoil it because I did not pick. O'Reilly versus Balor. It was very hard for me not to pick that match. I didn't pick it either. It was phenomenal. And maybe it's we'll talk five. about that match. Yeah, maybe we'll talk about that match when we get to match of the year. Yeah. But the next thing to talk about is who was the promotion of the year? Because for me, albeit they did not win the ratings, it was NXT. Same for me. WWE NXT is the best professional wrestling from show start to show close every single week yes i do like what aew does on wednesdays my issue with aew is it does have some very inconsistent booking exactly now i feel like they miss a boat sometimes with certain wrestlers and albeit you know they're still young they're still fresh i get it it's just man nxt has yeah everything going for it minus maybe a strong tag division and i mean they're building they're starting to build that division again yeah exactly with with ever rise with grizzled young with uh brit am it's it's starting to build back up it really took a hit when street profits left and raiders left and the raiders left yeah when those two teams left and and we're forgetting the the forgotten sons left this year too so when those three teams left all three of those teams were part of that um NXT 25 ladder match. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they all made a huge difference in that ladder match. Yeah. And you're taking three teams that are phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal. And to, 
move him on. And then you even took teams that you kind of built throughout the year, like a team like um, the Broserweights. Yeah, you know what exactly. I mean? You know, you had them built up earlier this year, and then everything happened with um, COVID, and, you know, obviously Pete Dune got stuck out in uh, England, and yep. you had to break up that tag team, and you moved Riddle into the uh, into the Raw roster. Yeah. So, and now he's on SmackDown. But, I mean, it's one of those things where NXT just start to finish from January 1st to December 31st, all 366 days last year. Mm-hmm. I was very pleased with everything they put forth. Even their low pay-per-view, their arguably their worst pay-per-view they've probably ever have put together, was still a solid BB+. So, yeah. Now, the next uh, topic to go over is show of the year. Mine goes to WWE NXT War Games 2020. Ooh, that's a good choice. That show, from top to bottom, we say this a lot with NXT, from top to bottom, bell to bell, incredible. Nothing missed on that show. With the triple threat match for the NXT North American title, the Timothy Thatcher versus um, Tommaso Ciampa. Tommaso Ciampa blood feud. Wasn't there a world title match on that show? Or no, Finn Balor wasn't back no, yet. No, Finn Balor was not back yet, no. Um, the two War Games matches, and I'm blanking on this last match. Uh, wasn't it the uh, triple threat? No, I, I mentioned that. That was the first one I mentioned. Uh, wasn't it um, the strap match? with? Uh, That's right, the strap match between um, uh, Grimes and L- Loomis. Loomis, yep. That was the low point, and that was still a solid B match. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Um, to open the show with the women's war game match, the match in the night opened the show. Yes, it did. And that that's not saying that the men's war games match was anything of a slump. That I could watch that women's war games match four times in a row and wouldn't get bored. Five times in a row wouldn't get bored. That whole show, five times in a row wouldn't get bored. It's it's professional wrestling at its pinnacle for 2020. Yeah, it, it was very good. It was it was it was probably two or three on my list. That, you know, I did enjoy um, Portland. NXT Portland was really Portland good. Portland was really good. Um, but for me, the match of the uh, the the prom- the show of the year. show of the year was the last show we saw TLC. So the thing is, I had TLC 2020 as my number one, and I knew you were going to pick TLC 2020, and I wanted Dude. to talk about war games. So that's Dude. why I chose war games. <laughs> Dude, TLC, we said this when we reviewed it, and I'll say it again. WWE has not put together as good a pay-per-view in 10-plus years, start to finish every match, hitting every possible mm-hmm. positive Note, even with the return of Charlotte Flair, you know, you mean roster hasn't? God, no, exactly. But I mean, that's kind of what we consider. I mean, we had WWE, um, WWE Raw and SmackDown, and WWE NXT, NXT UK as separate brands. So that's the way I'm looking at it. WWE themselves have not put together a pay per view of that caliber in a very long time. And I'll tell you what kind of teased me that could have been that way, but there was a there was a weak match. Last year was Survivor Series last year. Mm-hmm. Survivor Series was so good with all the NXT stuff thrown in, mm-hmm. and I think we missed it this year. But, man, that TLC 
start to finish. <laughs> give me more of that. Yeah. It was <laughs> it was an incredible match. Bell, uh, yes, it, incredible show, bell to bell. Yes. Yes, it was. Now, we have match of the year next. Huh. What is your match of the year? I think I already know what it is. <sighs> so, I was between three matches, okay? And I'm going to give them to you three, two, one. Okay. So number three was the triple threat ladder match between Sami Zayn, AJ Styles, and Jeff Hardy for the Intercontinental Championship. Okay. Number two was Bala versus O'Reilly. Okay. Number one was Volta versus Dragunov. I knew that's what it was going to be. That match, I've probably watched it five or six times now. It- it, I can't get over it. I really can't. I can't get over how stiff and brutal that match was and the fact that it's unanimously praised. We're not just talking about mm-hmm. like someone like um, Dave Meltzer praising it. No, you're talking about across the board because it brought back a lot of that old school wrestling that I enjoy. It reminds me mm-hmm. a lot of Hitman Hot versus... Mr. Perfect. And it reminds yeah. me a lot of the Road Warriors versus the Steiners and all these old, like, just powerhouse matches with very little flips and doodahs and just two guys getting in Being there. the hell out of each be- other. Exactly. Exactly. There's so much technical stuff. Um, you hear anybody who talks about wrestling, like, there's ways to deliver those chops to make them sound so much more brutal than they really are. And they're keeping each other safe, even with spots like when he just throws him into the rope's neck first and his head whips. Like, that mm-hmm. match was incredible. And mm-hmm. you could just tell at the end of that match, not only was Ilya absolutely drained at the end of that match. So was Walter. But everything was taken on a Walter at the end of that match. It was just unreal. Yourself? So, my match of the year was not one of the three that you mentioned. Ooh, okay. My match of the year was probably the storytelling match of the year. Roman Reigns, Jey Uso, Hell in a Cell. Ooh, okay. That was, a, again, really good match. The way that the, the story was being told, it was almost like a very um Shakespearean way of getting everything across. Exactly. It was Jay's never say die attitude almost killed him in that match. Yeah. And pretty much. It was it was legitimately a David versus Goliath style yeah. match. One hundred percent. Where you have Jay Uso who was beaten to hell at Clash of the Champions when he faced Roman the first time and he wouldn't bow down. No, he wouldn't and quit. This was Roman Reigns finally confirming he is the head of the table with the Wild Samoans finally crowning him at the end of the show. And Jay Uso laying in weep with Jimmy, his brother, there trying to comfort him. God, it gives me goosebumps just thinking about it. Yeah, I know. I know. It was so good. <sighs> good God. Now, best comeback of the year who returned this year and well, you're going first on this one because I I've did. been going first lately no we've been bouncing back and forth oh okay <laughs> he so, wasn't gone for the entire year but he did make the biggest splash when he returned 
I know where you're going with this. And that's Roman Reigns. Oh, man. That, I mean. When he returned at the end of SummerSlam to attack Braun Strowman and The Fiend, and nobody saw it coming. Not a soul thought Roman Reigns is going to come back, defeat The Fiend and Braun Strowman one week later to reclaim, or not even reclaim, to win the universal no, title. He had to he had to relinquish it. Didn't he relinquish it? Because no. Of, oh no, no, no. That was no, last he year. He was going it. I'm sorry. Yeah. He was going to face um He the, was gonna face Goldberg. He was gonna face Goldberg because Goldberg had the title, but that's where Braun picked up the belt. Yes. Who would have thought that Roman Reigns would come back? Because everyone has been begging and pleading for a heel Roman forever but to get this heel roman exceeded mine probably yours and everybody i know's expectations as to what a heel roman reigns could be exactly and it's not like he's a chicken shit heel no he is a powerhouse heel powerhouse heel he's even more of a heel in my opinion than brock lesnar yeah yeah easily Yeah, because he shows up every week, and that's yeah. and I'm and I'm not knocking Brock. Don't don't take that as a knock against. I know Brock. you're not knocking Brock. You like Brock? I'm a I'm a I'm a Lesnar narc. I love Brock Lesnar, but it's the fact that Roman's there every week with that title around his shoulder. He's given the title gravitas. He's mm-hmm. making people realize how dangerous Roman Reigns is as the mm-hmm. tribal chief. Yeah. All right. So, who's your comeback of the year? So, I'm gonna. Just because of how heavily we're talking about Roman, obviously, we both agree that that is the comeback of the year. Yeah. I am going to go and I am going to throw this to a completely different area. I'm going to go with Jake Roberts in AEW. Really? I think I think seeing a healthy Jake Roberts back in... In a wrestling promotion, doing the things that Jake Roberts does best, which is he's on the mic, he's a menacing presence, and he's passing on his knowledge to the future of the wrestling industry, has been so breathtaking. I mean, if you think about where Jake Roberts was three years ago, five years ago, this guy was done. I mean, think about the the lack of the pop he received when he returned to, to WWE Monday Night Raw a few years back because... He wasn't the Jake Roberts of old. He wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, the person that everybody feared in the late 80s and early 90s. And, you know, much credit to Diamond Dallas Page and the things that he did to help Jake Roberts get better. Yeah. But to have that old Jake Roberts, to have that guy just ominous, cutting the venomous promos and and basically being who I remember Jake Roberts being when he attacked Macho Man Randy Savage and he would attack with everybody snake. with a snake. He is he is back where he should be as far as in the squared circle. Mm-hmm. He is not doing what other old-timers do, which is getting in the ring and taking too many bumps. Sure, he's taking some, but he's not taking many. But he's taking and, those valet bumps. Correct. And he's passing the things on to make people within that promotion – better at the things that jake roberts is the best at which is in ring and out of ring psychology that's what he does best Mm -hmm. 
He is probably I, the best all-time in-ring, out-of-ring psychologist. psychologist. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's definitely up there. Definitely up there. Maybe, you know, you could argue Undertaker just because his psychology is completely different. It's yeah, an it's, ominous it's, presence. It's on a complete different different spectrum. Correct. I do want to give a shout-out. Sami Zayn's comeback after COVID, though, was phenomenal as well. Yeah. 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 That definitely the, the, the returning yeah. champion and all that was phenomenal as well. So that's my shout out. All right. So this one you gotta start with. What was the best feud of twenty twenty? So it's it's a three way feud. Leon Ruff, Damian Priest, and Johnny Gargano. Okay, I'll give you that. That's a solid I, one. It was so good. It started off with the whole Priest Gargano stuff. Um over that North American Championship, I personally like this feud because of the shifting of the characters. So to me, it felt like Priest was coming off a little bit more heelish, and then all of a sudden they gave him like that Razor Ramon personality, I guess, Badass like where he face. was a yeah, where he's just a he's a party guy. Like even after he won the North American Championship, he just jumps into a jacuzzi with a bunch of you know chicks in bikinis and is enjoying himself yeah. and um then that's when they started getting into the Gargano way and then mm-hmm. Gargano cheats to win the title and then in typical Johnny Gargano fashion he can't hold it because Leon Ruff takes it from him and then mm-hmm. you get that incredible triple threat match at Hello at um Halloween Havoc Halloween Havoc no and yeah. no War Games War Games War, War Games so sorry yeah cuz the Halloween Havoc one was, was I, when I, he I don't like wheels I don't like wheels come on I don't like wheels um and he wins with a, a one wins it with a wheel with the wheel yeah. and the and the mass and the mass assailant coming out which we later find out is austin theory yep. like this this feud was it 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 worked so well and then when you throw in someone like leon ruff who's relatively new to the promotion and you know you're giving him some gravitas by putting him in the ring with those two performers mm-hmm. and it truly being a david versus goliath because sure it's david versus goliath where you're dealing with damian priest who's this monster but you also have johnny gargano he's johnny takeover he wins yeah. those matches he's mm-hmm. he, he's got the best in-ring psychology when it comes to you know being able to perform like a bret hart like a Shawn michaels like an owen hart he does that stuff he brings the best out of everybody yeah and the fact that now we're going into 2021 with Johnny Gargano being able to have that audacity about him where mm-hmm. he's able to retain the title. Damian Priest has now moved on. He's onto a much different feud with Karrion Cross, which Cross is going to kill him in a few days. Yeah. And, then, and then Leon Ruff is still like hunting for that North American championship. I, I really like the way that this feud matured throughout the course of the year mm-hmm. and how it it capped off. It's over. Like, and they didn't, and it didn't overstay its welcome. No, it didn't. It stood. It stood just long enough, which was awesome. Now, mine is one that I think you would probably agree with me that it did overstay its welcome a little bit, and it's still going on. But the way it was built took the cake. That's Bailey versus Sasha, because it started with them as best friends. And you could gradually see the build of the breakup where they started chirping at each other just as little hints, but they still kind of kept it together to retain the tag belts, to win the tag belts, to win their respective titles. And then it just finally snapped. And they put on some of the best matches of this year. Yeah. They did put on some of the best female matches within the WWE banner this calendar year. And like you said, it all started with, you know, the boss hug connection and mm-hmm. you know everybody was waiting for for sasha to turn everybody yeah. was waiting they thought it was going to be a sasha turn like it's always been in the past and 
WWE, tons of credit to them, pulled the rug out from under us and completely, completely blindsided us with it. With a Bailey turn, yeah. All right, so the next subject is the best valet slash manager. Now, I'm going to go first on this one, and this one okay. might take take you by surprise. Mine is Monta- uh, Montel Vontavious Porter, MVP. Oh, because, that's a good one. Because he really took one. three guys, Cedric Alexander, Shelton Benjamin, and Bobby Lashley, out of irrelevancy to make probably the most legitimate, aside from Undisputed Era, the most legitimate faction in professional wrestling right now. Yeah. With the Hurt Business. Yeah, you are right. Because Cedric was a jobber, Shelton wasn't on TV, and Bob Lashley was married to Lana at the yeah, beginning and, of the year. Yeah, and, and in less than less than and four weeks' about, time, it yeah. all changed. Yeah, and it's now about six months later from all of that, and Cedric and Shelton are tag champs. Bobby is the U.S. champ. Yeah, on the verge of going f- to McIntyre, I think. I yeah. think he's going to be going after McIntyre very shortly. And I wouldn't be shocked if they put the Bob belt on. Lashley could win that belt. I know. I know. And Thinking, he, think about that. Those are two guys who had already been in the WWE banner many, many moons ago who both were destined to be world heavyweight champions and neither of them had carried the belt the first time they were there. Think about that. Yeah. Could you it's imagine incredible. Hurt Business with all the belts? Because once Bob Lashley wins, if he won the WWE championship... He would give MVP the U.S. title. I don't think he could have to. Don't forget, we've had double champions in the past. I understand that. But Seth Rollins did it. I don't, I understand that, but every member of Hurt Business, they're all about the gold. I so know, give but every member piece of the gold. Leave the CEO with two belts. Just let MVP be that talking piece, because as soon as MVP has a belt, if he loses it, it it's going to splinter that that group. Okay, I I see where you're coming from that. I don't want. I don't want to see that group splinter. I really like the four of those guys together. I want the the dissension of that group to happen because of, like, that inner strife in the tag team where, what we're seeing a little bit with that pompous and that arrogance that you know Cedric Alexander, um, Cedric Alexander is carrying. Yeah, because he's the young guy. That in the young gun. He's the fresh bl- fresh blood. Yeah. Who's your valet or manager of the year? Well, I highlighted Jake Roberts earlier. But yeah. Mine is Scarlett Bordeaux. Yeah, with Karrion Cross. With Karrion Cross, because she is the true definition of a valet. She comes out there, and it's all the little things that like she does. Whether it's walking down to the ring with the hourglass, whether it's like the things that she did with Balor a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. It's the entrance where she's lip syncing like the song and stuff like that. She carries the presence of of Karrion Cross. Through her emotions, her actions. And it was funny, too, because when she signed with the E, she was the big signing. Mm-hmm. There was no real mention of Carrie and Cross. So no, it was Killer, one of those. Killer Cross signing kind of just fell under the uh, under the radar. Yes, because everybody kept talking about Scholar Bordeaux and, you know, how she's a big Papa Pump Scott Steiner, you know, th- you know. You know, aficionado and Steiner's big problems with the WWE over the years. And then all of a sudden, it's like, wait a minute. 
wait, they also signed Killer. Oh my goodness, they're both coming, and mm-hmm. just the little things that she did, the little vignettes here and there, and sneaking in with a little sprinkling of few things that she had to say, and again, she really enhances everything that Cross does with her little like mannerisms and yeah. the way she carries herself to the ring. Oh, it's it's incredible. It is incredible. Yeah, yeah I'll, get, I'll, I'll 100% give you that. Now, next, we got four more categories le- left. What yep. is your best tag team of the year? I want the smoke. It's Street Profits, man. That's mine it's as the well. Street Profits. It is the Street Profits, man. They, I think, if you go through and you look at their record, they actually had the best record out of all tag teams across all promotions last year. I think they only suffered like two losses or three losses throughout the calendar year. Wow. I think they um, also carried a lot of great feuds with a lot of people that, like people, like just kind of fell by the wayside. Whether it was the Gazer, Andrade, Theory stuff when they were dealing with Zelina Vega and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, they've been champions pretty much the entire calendar year. Um, the stuff with the Viking Raiders that they did was really good. Um, yeah, that was a lot I of would've, fun. I would have preferred maybe, just again, this is me being me and wanting a unified tag team championship, but I would have preferred if maybe at Survivor Series when they did the Street Profits versus the New Day, I would have liked to have seen a unification of the belts and given them to the Street Profits because they're the ones that are going to carry those belts. In my opinion, for a good amount of time, they're going to be multiple, multiple, multiple time champions. And it's going to take a really good heel tag team to take those belts. And to be honest with you, I almost feel like you could turn the Street Profits heel at a certain point because of just yeah. like that that pompousness and that um um uh, almost kind of ver- like when Crime Time were heels. Yes, exactly. Like they just have this they they have it to be both faces and heels, which is really nice. I think the I, only issue is once fans start to come back. Oh, they're just gonna this- want to smoke. Oh, the Street Profits are so over with the crowd, with the cups and and everything. I don't think they could be heel. Has anybody ever had a better frog splash? Oh, no. Well, maybe Eddie, but... I I don't even think Eddie's is as good. I think the only one that comes close may be Rob Van Dam. And the fact that um, Montez Ford has added the Van Dam flop at the end of his frog splash now, where he kind of like hits the guy and flops around the ring for a second like Van Dam used to. Yeah. I think just makes it that much better. The height he gets, he could cl- he could clear do a frog splash across the through ring. across the ring, maybe even outside the ring. He could clear twenty feet if he wanted to. Probably, it's incredible. He, I don't think he, he should try it, but he probably. Could. I don't think he should. I think that'd be a spot that McMahon might lose his mind on. But I yeah. uh, I could tell you right now, um, that that is the tag team of the year. It oh, and for sure, and I and I really. I really think there's a there's a good gap between even the competition from AEW who have some really good tag teams. We're not even talking about FTR, and we're not even talking about um, you know the tag champions from earlier in the year, um, Omega and um, Page. Uh, Page. You know what I mean? We're not even talking about that. Those were really good tag teams this year. FTR mm-hmm. coming in was a really good tag team, but yeah, everything the Street Profits did was just. Again, I think they were I think they were champions pretty much the entire year, which is phenomenal. Yeah, they uh No, they never dropped them to Andrade. 
Nope. They never lost him to Andrade. They never no, lost him to the they... Raiders. I think they just they switched the belts and that was it. Yeah, I think that's it, yeah. So I'm happy we're on the same page on that one. Yeah. Best female wrestler of the year. Uh, this isn't even close either. This is, I, I mean, the, the, people are going to argue Bailey, and I want people to get on here, and I want them to argue Bailey with me. It's Io Shirai. It's Io Shirai. Io had the best calendar year that you could picture for a wrestler, and she took some of the craziest spots this year once again. If we were going to do spots of the year, she did the flip off the house. She did the dive off the top of the um, War, War Games. Games cage. I mean, she has the best entrance out of any female in, in the business. She she cuts some of the best promos in a foreign language. She's very much like Asuka. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, she's been incredible, man. Incredible. I, I can't say enough about her. I really can't. What about you? So, my female wrestler of the year is Bailey. Ooh, from, I like. From January 1st to December 31st, she was the best women's wrestler in the world. And I'll tell you why. She was involved with not a single slumping storyline. Neither was EO. I'm not saying EO was. But in terms of heel work as a women's wrestler in the women's division, Bailey did not slump. The entire stuff with Kyrie Sane and Asuka, incredible work. The stuff with her and Bailey, not her and Bailey, her and Sasha, incredible work. She was she walked in as champ, and hell, if she didn't start feuding with Sasha until early this year, she would have walked out as champ. Sasha Banks is the only one she should she could have dropped the belt to, and she dropped it at the right time, because this is going to build Bailey's redemption story. I don't. I I love I love the pick of Bailey. My my issue is, is that right now I'm having a problem with the way they're booking Bailey, which is if the point of having Bailey versus um Bianca Belair is where you're going with Bailey, right? Mm-hmm. And I know you and I had talked about how she needs to be on like a losing streak because you know she needs to get herself right and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's not helping Bianca to be the tenth or eleventh person who ends up beating Bailey. Like they need to, they need to fire that bullet like immediately because Bianca's not going to get the rub if they continue to just let Bailey lose to people like Natalia or Dana Brooke or, or Tamina. You know what I'm saying? So they, that's the one thing that's bothering me a little bit about Bailey. She's had. <laughs> 90, 98% of the year has been phenomenal, but that last 2% has been bothering me a little bit because I'm just afraid that if the plan is to give Bianca the rub, they need to fire the bullet tomorrow. Like, t- tomorrow night's... Um, tonight's, uh, tonight's SmackDown. Um, Smackdown yeah. Have Bianca go out there and squash her. Just have her do it. I think I think it'd be the best possible solution, and then have her squash her again in another week, and just that's where you build the redemption story for Bailey. I do like the selection of Bailey though. Ba- Bailey has been everything we we've wanted with the change in the the her demeanor, mm-hmm. um, the dual champion Bailey two belt Bailey dose straps. I mean, yeah, she's been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. She has. All right, so I get to do I get to start with this one. Yes, you best do. Male wrestler of the year. Former 
AEW World Champion John Moxley. I mean, he was PWI insider. He had the most complete 2020 as a professional wrestler in AEW. Yes, he had a couple of slumpy um, title reign, not title reigns, uh, title defenses against a couple of slumpy opponents, but he would take those lesser wrestlers, I wouldn't say lesser, but not upper high card on AEW, and bring them to four, four and a half star matches. His match with Eddie Kingston was incredible. He... He had the most complete year, in my opinion, as AEW champion. He faced all comers, and he finally... He was involved with probably the biggest moment of all of professional wrestling in 2020 when he was defeated by Kenny Omega, joined up by Don Callis. That's the biggest moment of 2020 in professional wrestling. Okay. Yeah, because it signified the, the joining of a guard. Yeah. And... He's U.S. champ in New Japan as well. Yeah, I know. I know. He, he still holds really... that belt. I know. So, who is your best male wrestler of 2020? He came into 2020 by eliminating Brock Lesnar. He didn't really get his WrestleMania moment, but he still won the Universal Championship. No, he has taken on uh, the title. WWE Championship. I'm sorry, he's taken on all comers. Period. He had an open challenge where he took on Robert Roode. He's fought everybody from the Big Show to Randy Orton to losing to Randy Orton to picking his title back up, having this little tiff that's going on with Sheamus, and he's going to be facing Keith Lee this coming Monday. It's Drew McIntyre, man. I'll give Drew you Drew McIntyre has been unbelievable. The way he breaks the fourth wall, so this way that he's talking to people mm-hmm. that aren't there right now. Like when he won the title, the fact that like he looked at the camera and he looked to the, the fans mm-hmm. and, and he reached out and said thank you. At first, it was one of those things where I was like, you know, they were talking about ratings and how they were falling and a lot of people were comparing his title reign to that of Diesel when WWE was not having a good time when Diesel was the champion and they kept the belt on him for too long. And No. They let this guy's natural charisma come out and he has done everything perfectly as a WWE champion. I can give and you I that. Will, and, and I will give you this. The person you have to thank the most for all of this is Brock Lesnar. Mm-hmm. Because because 100%. Brock Lesnar, Brock Lesnar, took the Claymore elimination at Royal Rumble, which strapped the rocket to Drew McIntyre's back. Yep, and and it's all the little things that you don't talk about that he also did. So mm-hmm. it was on the Monday Night Raw where he took the three Claymores at the top of the stage, and he's telling them, "Pick up the belt, pick up the belt." So this way that like it signifies like how powerful McIntyre is. Yeah. Is the fact that, you know, who has ever kicked out of an F five at one? Nobody. Okay. I don't even think Roman Reigns has. McIntyre did that mm-hmm. in their match. Okay. Everyone complains years ago that Lesnar beat Undertaker. Well, no offense. Had Lesnar not beaten Undertaker, Lesnar would not have the presence that he has currently right now and mm-hmm. then was able to pass that presence on to someone like Drew McIntyre. Mm-hmm. McIntyre has been unreal. 
And I really cannot think of a match in which it meandered for him at all. At all. There, I don't think he's had a bad match. And think about this too. He didn't take a pinfall loss for almost a full calendar year. Yeah, it was only the week ahead of their ambulance match, I believe, was his yes. first pinfall loss. Yes. And then he won that match, and then he was pinned in Hell in a Cell. But yes. since then, he has not been pinned. I don't believe so. No, no, he hasn't. Which is incredible to say about somebody like that who, what was it, six, seven years ago, was released by the company? Fought his way up back through the Indies, through ROH, through, I think, Impact. I don't know if Drew Galloway was ever on Impact. To find himself as the WWE champion to end 2020. Incredible. Yes, absolutely incredible. He he is the male superstar in my eyes. All right. Our final category. Best overall professional wrestler. Of 2020. Who is Io your... Shirai. Io Shirai? Io Shirai. Mine's Bailey. So we both went with the female athlete. That shows you how much women's wrestling has revolutionized over 2020. 100%. Where John Moxley and Drew McIntyre are no slump. Oh, but no. But this just shows that these two ladies can put on incredible matches. Women's wrestling has just continued to evolve since WrestleMania 32. When the women's title was reintroduced in that triple threat between Charlotte, Sasha, and Becky, nothing has been the same. It's continued to grow and grow and grow. And I guarantee you... You know, Ronda Rousey wanted to be part of it. Shayna Baszler. Shayna Baszler. Jessamyn Duke and uh, Marina Shafir. You're getting legitimate female, you know, sport athletes who want to be part of this. Mm -hmm. And you're getting people who are coming out of retirement to be part of it, whether it's Lita and Trish Stratus. Mm -hmm. The women's women's wrestling game is incredible. And AEW's women's wrestling game has significantly stepped up as well. Yeah, it has. So, I mean, I am... Very happy um, to see this, especially after you go back and you look at how women's wrestling was treated 10 years ago. Yeah. It, it's a completely different when ball game now. Legitimately, 11 years ago at WrestleMania 25, there was the Playboy Bunny Battle Royale where Santina Morella won that match. To now WrestleMania 35 just last year, Becky Lynch versus Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte Flair main evented WrestleMania. That was in 10 years. And now, for us, our wrestlers of 2020 are both female wrestlers. It just shows that, that women's professional wrestling is nothing to be laughed at. Ever again. No. It it never will be ever again. I can guarantee you there will be multiple pay-per-views in 2021 where the women's match will main event. And it will probably blow men's matches out of the water. Yep. 
because there's this stigma. It's still there. Even so many years later, there's still this stigma that women's that women have that they need to be better than the men, and it's easy for them to do. Right now, they're, they are outperforming a lot of their male counterparts. The, a lot of the their male best, counterparts. The best division in all of professional wrestling right now is the NXT, NXT Women's, women's. Division. Yeah. It's it's simple as that. Yes, it is. It is simple as that. But I think that wraps up the first episode of 2021. Um, we've got... I almost just tried to jump right to the intro. Or the outro. Sheesh. I don't want to get rid of this too quick. But yeah, we will be back again Monday, uh, Monday or Tuesday, with our week recap from the previous week of yep. professional wrestling. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can obviously hit us up at DJ Ald, at Dave the Doink, or at Double Doink Network on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Um, if you guys like the show, you can definitely like, share, subscribe the show on all your favorite streaming platforms. But other than that, I have been Josh. I have been Dave. And we've got two words for you. Doinks out. Doinks out.